AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to Intimate Knowledge. I'm so happy we get to spend the next hour together. I'm Brooke Burke. I'm Megan King-Edmonds. And I'm sex and intimacy coach Leela DeVille. We are so happy that we're getting tons of emails because we love hearing from you. Um, so interesting to get all the feedback and to hear your curiosity. So we're just going to dive right into a question. Does that sound good, girls? Yes, great yeah. questions, by the way. I know, so many great Keep ones. Keep them coming. Mm-hmm. And this one is from Anonymous, which I totally get because a lot of people are still not comfortable Um, talking about sex. So that's why we're here. Sex and intimacy. So here we go. Here's the question. I did a report on sex toys for my sex ed class. I discovered in my research that the vibrators had animal names such as the rabbit because the toys were designed in China where sex toys were not allowed. Hmm. I also wanted to ask if I wanted to try and add more to the sexual experience besides my role playing, where is a good place to start and how do I bring it up? Right. The rabbit thing is so interesting. Somebody else on my Instagram wrote me a note about that too. Well, we discussed it a couple of episodes ago with Doc Johnson, like the naming of them. Oh, right, right, right. And we did. Like, yeah, so I didn't know that it, that came from China. Interesting. And um, that famous yeah. scene from Sex in the City with the rabbit. Yeah. And if you remember, I shared that I, I never really was into that because this whole the whole rodent connection mm-hmm. for me yeah, just yeah, like yeah. killed the whole. <laughs> I couldn't even like entertain that. But what do you think? Uh, well, okay, Ro- let's talk about role-playing because, you know, role-playing is really about changing one's behavior mm-hmm. and acting out something, playing out something, so assuming a, a character or a role. Um, and there are so many ways to s- explore sexually to- that don't include that. So, you know, you can play with toys, like, well, which t- is probably well, already doing Tell us more about role-playing, though. Like, could you make any suggestions for someone that might be wanting to try that and really doesn't know how to even start? Or, let's give everyone some suggestions. I don't think I've ever done that, personally. I and would you? Like kink, BDSM? Yeah, for sure I would. Yeah. Like I kink think. and BDSM and... Or any well, of I'm it. just... Like, I'm thinking of, like... Meeting someone. I don't know. I'm thinking of, like, sexy nurse role-play. Like, that's what oh, I yeah. think of when I think of role-playing. But, um... 
Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like amplifying that, right? And, right? and just going, well, I'm going to push this to the edges and I'm going to be the nurse and I'm right. going to, you know. Right. Or it could even be something as simple be as being in a bar and waiting for your partner pretending. to show up, pretending that you don't know them and exactly. they show up. Like one of my girlfriends mm-hmm. is really into this remote control vibrator. And it's really quite sexy. So you have mm-hmm. the remote control mm-hmm. and you give it to your partner so they can activate the vibrator. And it's not like vulgar. It's cute. There's all different kinds. Mm-hmm. Some of them are even like pink and they're rubber. And you put it in your panties. Mm-hmm. And then you give them the remote control, right? Yeah. And let's say, I think this, is, this was a movie too. This is probably not that creative. But you could be sitting at the bar, acting like you didn't know each other. He walks in. Maybe he's sitting down the yeah. bar next to you or whatever. And he has the control. I think that was Role in... playing um, with toys. Wasn't that in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey also, like a version of it? I think she had Benoit balls, so she oh, was wearing that? weighted balls, oh. and so you know, it increases sensitivity. And when you move around, you can feel them. Oh, um, but the they're meant to be within. inside of you, and yeah, then you're contracting your. Oh, those yeah. are like the for the, the Kegel exercises, they're great. right? It can yeah. make the like doing floor. laundry really fun. I've oh. heard that. I've heard that. That is interesting. My midwife told me <laughs> yeah, about yeah. those actually for the pelvic yeah. floor to, to strengthen yeah, your pelvic. To strengthen. And also, mm-hmm. I really recommend it to women who have had. Um, vaginal births who are mm. trying to like reconnect with mm-hmm. the vaginal canal and cessation there cool. so it can yeah really be useful for I that. think it but also helps with LBL light bladder leakage when you begin to strengthen the pelvic floor pelvic which is floor, deeper yeah. than a Kegels what are they called again Lila? what's that the, balls. the weighted balls oh Benoit balls Benoit balls yeah they're just we'll have, to link, we'll have to link that yeah. on our page and the remote Love control them. vibrator you can like google it and get them yeah. on Amazon but that's kind of sexy right so you're giving up control you're giving it to someone else you also don't know when they're going to mm-hmm. activate it and you can be wearing it at like for that role playing or at a dinner or whatever that's that's kind of fun yeah. that's in, cool. a, in a serious meeting <laughs> all of a sudden there's like an earthquake I feel like that's, <laughs> a, that's a good piece of advice to start to try those Benoit balls definitely Benoit, oh I said it like you like Benoit I know the way she says it is so sexy. (laughs) But the other part of this question, because I I do want you to get a chance to answer this, um, what's a good place to start and how do I bring it up um, in relation to Well, she doesn't want to do role play, right? So she said, besides that. This one, like women have, I think we've really forgotten as women what a powerful influence we have over sexual play. Um, and so, like, if if this is something you desire, if you want to expand your sexual repertoire with your partner and you. I would just go straight for it and be very direct. I mean, it's run, How? Run, vulnerable. How? Get me it's specific. Like, I would really love to explore my sexuality. Can you help me do that? And do you think it's and your responsibility? And here's one way That's that like I think that we dirty. can do it. I like that. It's like talking dirty. Oh, yes. Though that a woman should take charge and purchase the toys, do you think it's a shared experience? Do you think you go online and order it? Do you expect to your partner to do it? I mean, how much control do you want to... Are you suggesting that women take over exploring their own sexuality and getting to know their own bodies? All of it. Full responsibility. 100%. I don't think, I don't feel like it's up to our partners to evoke that. I, I, I love the idea of being inspired by our partner, but it's not their responsibility at all. So you would just. If direct that's what you communication, want, direct communication, bring it up. This is what I want to explore. It's so hard for so many women. It is. I know because it's vulnerable, right? What if you get it wrong? What if he's not into it too? You know, but it's like, well, let's talk about getting it wrong. Cause I don't even know what that means. Let's just free everyone from the killing erogic right energy. Killing like, can you really get it wrong? No, or is it can't. just a big freaking experiment? It is an experiment and being playful and curious, like, and being curious about your partner. That's what it's all about. I think playful energy is so beautifully put in mm-hmm. relation to intimacy mm-hmm. and sexual mm-hmm. union 
because that's otherwise where, it gets boring. Well, yeah, and that's where spontaneity yeah. and uncertainty and all of these things are birthed, where you have freedom and it's fun and it it doesn't always have to be this vulgar, aggressive, you know, dark turn into you know Kinkville. Being playful. Um, mm-hmm. Well, what about really maybe another way to like explore? your sexual experience without role play is like power dynamics, but not pretend like just feeling how much can I surrender to this other person who is um, servicing mm-hmm. me. It's one way to Are you speaking from a female perspective or both roles when you said switch? Switch it up. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If you want to explore deep surrender and to be deeply taken, then lean into that and guide your partner there. Like Literally. the other day with my partner, I could he was like being really beautiful and in sensual play with me, but I wanted something else. And so I let it there and he just got the, the cues. Did you lead it there with your body or verbally? I with my body. I communicate a lot around my mm-hmm. pleasure through my body rather than verbally. What's amazing about you is you know what you want and where you want to go. And I think a lot of people are not dialed into their own Mm -hmm. body to understand that a a, a taking a turn in a sensual experience might improve it. They sort of are, I think, in our generation, women are still accepting where they're at and what they're getting and are even okay without achieving optimal pleasure. And I know we've all, we're all in agreement here in this podcast about, it's not even about the orgasm or the end result or the end game, but a lot of women are just simply satisfied with, um, serving. Okay. You know what? I want to give a piece of advice to anonymous for, um, a way to add more to the sexual experience because if if she doesn't want to be so forward i think a good easier way to explore what you might not know you want is just by having sex in different places in your home not always your bed and i think by doing that you know it could be like could turn out to be kinky or it could yeah. turn out you know some kind of different position that you're not used to and it turns out you like i think that's just like it's it's such an easy way to kind of figure out that path i like that yeah we get a, that question a lot around oh, how do i invite more sexual positions into my bedroom on it's like yeah get it out of the bedroom mm-hmm. <laughs> that also shows yeah. us that also shows us that people don't know where to start right so Definitely. they're tuning in and they're listening yeah. for ideas and for suggestions and they're appreciating our different points of view but a lot of people just don't know how to start let alone how to ask for it totally so, okay start with um, your own pleasure yeah that is the only place to start because then it will be authentic and then it will represent you and not just being a reflection of what your partner wants and his desires or her desires it's actually your pleasure and then what rolls out from that will be totally informed by your authentic pleasure so start there self-pleasuring is like really underrated so while we're on the topic of pleasure, we're going to do something a little different this episode, and we're going to bring in a man. <laughs> Eric Amaranth is joining us today, and he is a sex life coach, and I'm really curious to understand more about exactly what that is. He specializes in enhancement of women's and men's basic to advanced sex skills. I mean, girls, can you imagine if we could develop our sex skills or if we were with someone who had like... Um, you know, an educated repertoire of sex skills. I don't know what that means. The best sex skill is the ability to listen. The best lovers are the ones who listen. 
right? Mm. Listen to themselves, listen to their bodies, listen to their partners. I'm excited listening. to get a male point of view on that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and listening to your own bodies. I mean, that's that's where it all mm. begins, right? Anyway, he's here. I'm excited. And um, let's dive right in. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Eric. This is Leela. Hi, Leela. Hi, Eric. This is Megan. Thanks for being with us. And, it, and I'm Brooke. Hi, Eric. We're so excited to have you. I was, I was loving your bio and excited to start talking about skills. <laughs> Hopefully, we're going to learn a lot in the next 30 minutes, ladies. It's good because there needs to be a drive for more skills on both sides of the sex map, not just the women's side, which is what we traditionally get. 
Did you say sex map? Yeah, like which guy, you know, which side men or women's doing what? <laughs> so, Eric, can you kind of give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, I am a sex life coach is the term I coined when my mentor, Betty Dodson, she coined the term sex coach. And uh, I liked sex life coach because it was a little softer because I'm a guy at needs to come across a little differently a woman can do different things than a man can in this particular profession and uh i was with betty well she's been you know teaching women and couples since the late 60s early 70s on into maybe mid 70s uh and then i studied with her for 10 years and then i started i went out on my own well, this is so interesting. So you say you you studied under Betty. So how do you study to be a sex coach under Betty? And and I'm asking this, I'm sitting next to Leela, and she is also a sex coach. But I think I still have so many questions about, you know, how do you get to this place? Even though Leela has told me her story so many yeah. times, I'm just, I would love to hear kind of your journey as well. Yeah, it is so unique. So it is. Mm-hmm. So mine, yeah, mine was really unique. Uh, I don't know if you could, I guess you could probably duplicate it if you did uh, Tantra. They probably did, you know, things along the lines that me and Betty did. But Betty and I were, we, we, had, we had a lot of hats we wore. She was my boss. She was a mentor. Uh, we were also in a relationship. Uh, we all just kind of said F it and said, you know, we're going to do what we want to do. <laughs> Do you mind if I ask if, if Betty had an opportunity to dive into medicinal influenced experimentation when she was um, guiding couples in the 60s through the 80s? Because that's the first thing that yeah. came to my mind, you know, when we think about, you know, the history of, of ecstasy and MDMA. And um, I mean, if that's appropriate for the sake of our, our podcast, I think so. I think it's kind of fascinating. Um, Oh, she, she, as far as I know, she would play around with marijuana, but she never taught anyone, you know, do this to make this better with this particular drug. As far as I know, it was always uh, strictly, what can we do with the body? If you want to add some herbs, then that's up to you, that kind of thing. Mm. So what's the philosophy? I mean, if we're going to stray from psychology and sort of traditional sex ed, what, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on how to create deeper intimacy and fulfillment and pleasure and um, connection? Well, those are all separate topics. <laughs> Agreed. Are they? <laughs> are they really, though? I mean, really, are, do you, what, let's talk about that. Because yeah. don't you feel like sort of the mind and the soul and the body and all things sort of gel when you have real, true, deep into... I mean, I think so. If I was thinking about intimacy, I think it's physical and emotional um, and, and mental, if you're lucky. Maybe, well, maybe like- more body space than head space, but... Unless we're talking it's- about sex, I guess. True, 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 true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's you talk know, about that. We have a body and we have a circulatory system, uh, you know, a nervous system, a digestive system. It's all in the same body, but they technically do different things. That's what I mean. Okay. That makes sense. So, for example, for intimacy, um, my uh, direction has always been for people to, and Betty taught me this, and this is definitely not a traditionalist view of relationships, uh, she would rather people have sex or have some form, doesn't have to be intercourse, but some form of sexual intim- uh, intimacy or, or uh, connection uh, first before you start going down the falling in love bit. 
because it, it'll tell you how compatible you are in that regard, at least to start with, because how many people have gotten done the love thing and then they jump into bed finally and somebody has a lot to learn, egos get banged up. And then now you think, well, maybe I wouldn't have gotten involved with this person if I'd have known about this beforehand. So it's the cart pu- before the horse. The pure, ke- the the pure chemistry, stuff. you mean? What's that? The pure chemistry, you mean? If the chemistry isn't there and you're already falling in love, you mean the chem- the chemical compatibility? Well, it's it's that. Because like, I remember I was with a lover, a, a temporary lover, who said, you're awesome in bed, but I just can't stand the way you smell. Ooh, you know? Pheromones, hmm. that's important. Well, so, that's right. a deal breaker. <laughs> well, so Eric, yeah. do you ascribe to this way of thinking as far as, you know, have sex first and then to see if you're compatible or, you know, move on to the emotional component after that it's to some and i said some i not have sex some form of sexual okay. connection all right well that that yes well i think yeah. that's, this is really interesting because this, we are sort of you know we're sort of trained to think that things should go in the other direction you know, in the other order and and as soon as we start to let go of all those preconceived rules and notions is when we start to self-discover right but i i think that's really interesting i i kind of i sort of agree with the chemistry and the chemical and the pheromone and all those little things whether it's you know the bits the parts the smells that kind of thing Mm -hmm. is legit but then again when you have a deeper emotional connection I think as a woman you sort of develop your your groove and and your rhythm um in sexual connection and not just sex I mean whatever it is that turns you on so I don't know. This is this is really controversial, but interesting. Yeah, I don't think there's any one way that people can build that intimacy and connection and, and those kind of experiences. It's really like coming it needs to come from impulse. So like if you are naturally more inclined to um, have physical connection first and then build from that, then I think, yes, absolutely follow that instinct and dive deep into that. And if it's the other way around then I think well, everyone should. Yes, I, I agree. I agree too. I mean, but Eric, the thing is that, that that kind of order is not socially acceptable per se. Can you imagine the show The Bachelor if they started with the honeymoon suites first and then backed up from there? I mean, that would be on that'd a different a, channel. That would be a great show. No. <laughs> well, Peter might be into that. Yeah, that's he, might be be, awesome. he might be dipping in there. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've had... Both types of relationships, relationships that started out, you know, in bed and developed into other things. And um, and then other the relationships where delayed gratification was intentional and effective. But I kind of this is fascinating, Eric, because I, I have been in relationships where we were just never going to get there sexually. And I was really I was really into the into mm-hmm. the human being, the character, yeah. the value, all of it. But. Quite honestly, I know he was never going to blow my mind in bed. So where were we really Mm going to go in a committed relationship? So sounds so disappointing. And people don't really say that or admit that. They're like, oh, we're supposed to be so deep and just be a bigger person. No, no, no. And by the way, the other way around too, where I've had, you know, firework sex in a relationship (laughs) and I literally, the dialogue was, Mm -hmm. I think we need to get out of bed like eventually. Mm -hmm. And this really Mm -hmm. isn't going to go anywhere. Right? right, but the big, so, there's a big line. There's a big line in the sand called marriage. Why is that a line in the sand? Because you, it's very good to know whether you have chemistry as far as like you know what I just don't like the way you smell before you marry the person. <laughs> before you marry the person, is that what you said? 
Yeah. I don't, but you don't necessarily need to be intimate to notice how someone smells. No. no. Well, what kind of smells are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. I mean, like we're registering these things as soon as we meet someone, I think. I, I, think so. I know that I am. And you mm-hmm. can, the compatibility and stuff, you're registering as you meet someone. So, but what Eric is saying is that... Pheromones. To, yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, but Eric, how does a woman jump on this bandwagon because I could see a man like wanting to just like be that masculine alpha male and own every like if you tell a male oh have sex first and then figure out the emotional component. well some okay. form of sex right He's okay saying, get in you know like some form of sex yeah some things have yeah. a sexual some, experience some form of touching each other what do you think Eric because well I look at Betty and I looked at the world differently it's like uh, <laughs> what if women had the same or similar um, perspective on a drive for sexual pleasure as the men do. And the reason why we have that as men is A, testosterone, and B, uh, our primary orgasm-inducing equipment, uh, like we get that for free as part of how the the deal generally works. Uh, Versus women's, you have to know what you're doing. It just doesn't happen because babies wouldn't just happen unless ours kind of came for free. So we get this uh, sort of um, like, yeah, this is just the way things are for us. And it gives you a different uh, perspective on reality. But what if that women, what if a, a given woman had that same thing? I think I have that thing. And I sort of agree with you, Eric, even though it might not sound proper. I've also been married for 19 years, so I haven't been exercising this new philosophy. But not, <laughs> so- but not currently married. I'm not currently married, and um, much later on in this series, I'll, I'll share the story of the man that I'm involved with right now and our relationship, maybe an edited version of it. But I, I kind of agree with what he's saying. It's like if we can get over our ego and how we think we're supposed to behave and if we're self-confident and comfortable with who we are and not worried about what mm-hmm. the world thinks or our mm-hmm. partner thinks and we're getting our physical needs mm-hmm. met. I mean, I, I, this might sound really harsh, but... For me, relationship between man and woman at this point in my life, it's not for a lot of other reasons outside of sensual connection mm-hmm. for me right now in my life, and I'm sort of owning that. So I totally agree. I have I, I'm in kind of the same the same um, mindset of of seeing sex, I guess, because I've achieved um, everything that I would want to achieve. I have my kids. I have my career. I don't need a man, so mm-hmm. I may as well get a little bit of pleasure from it. And then that puts me in an empowered place where, Eric, I can totally understand this this advice that you're giving, and um, and I can totally ascribe to that. However, I don't know if that's really the typical female mindset. Well, you're asking a great question. How does a woman enter into that possibility of, is that the philosophy? Because I, I understand what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Megan's face right now, and we're like, well, that sounds all hot and great and free and everything, but how, um, you know, in our generation, does a woman ascribe to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, can, I give you, can I give you some examples? Please, of what please. I've- <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> So I don't, I'm not going to give you, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to use juicy wording, you know, to go over any lines. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please don't edit. Right. Um, Our our last episode was all about getting comfortable in our skin and talking dirty. So please be juicy. (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. So 
one of the like I had uh, my wife had a friend who was going through the same thing. We're like, you know, I don't want to have sex even if I want this guy, and I'm definitely a go on a visual and a, all that pre preliminary stuff. Um, you know, what if I don't want to do that? What if I want to just give it more time and go wait to the fourth date or you know, etc. And I said, well, how about this? How about once you get to that moment where it's definitely like, oh, God, we both want to do it, uh, then do something smaller. Like, for example, like sex with your boobs. Something that's not, that's STD safe. You know, don't eat any condoms. Uh, but, and then for, you know, for on your side, you know, he has to be able to, or it'd be nice if he had some skill sets to reciprocate on your side of the equation and you'll also get to see if he has any skill sets to reciprocate Mm. so both sides get to play with a little something i think i would honestly i think i would be more uncomfortable with the with somebody having sex with my boobs than my vagina the first time to be completely honest, I, I, I agree. Actually, you do. <laughs> actually, I mean, we're sitting well, that, in here. And I mean, in it's a, definitely a totally female like, room right now. It's not as STD safe, but it kind of sounds like um, I don't know. It, it just it's a it's, bit more vulgar. Maybe. How do you how do you say no? I don't really want to have sex with my vagina, but the boobs are fine. Well, then you can do manual hands. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. What was the, like what sharing. was the reason for your friend's? Um, did you say wife or girlfriend? I'm sorry. What was her reason for wanting to um, withhold from sex for a period of time? Was it an experiment, or was well, she... it was only four dates? Right. Well, whatever oh, it was, yeah. I was just curious yeah, just, why okay. someone would deliberately want to do that. I mean, most most people have that inner dialogue. I'm just curious why. Yeah. Why do you think so, Eric? I don't know exactly, you know, because I'm not a psychologist. I didn't say, well, what's your motivation? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it, that wasn't it. And she, she said, this is how I think. And what do you think? What should I do? So I'm not absolutely sure. Okay. But I'm just curious, because I, I think I mean, motivation has a lot to do with it. You know, what's the reason for it? Are you delaying pleasure for a certain reason because you don't think that you're worthy? Or do you feel like you need to be more proper? Or do you think society says we're supposed to wait? Are you okay with just saying, you know what, I don't want to wait. I'm really connected and into this. And, you know, let's go for it. It's, it's, a, it's a deep conversation, mm-hmm. you know. It's, so one of the other I, things I like, I know I pulled out the boob sex things, but let's, I'll, t- I'll take it back to the, to the manual concept where... I always tell clients uh, to uh, mix uh, like sex or sexual contact and massage because if you ever watch any adult video, one of my most favorite kinds where I actually see the woman getting turned on and enjoying what's happening is these massage parlor-ish style videos because they're getting some good quality touch to warm up with for God's sake to begin. Warm up for what? What's that? No, we, we've had like lots of discussions between us around foreplay and we really don't like the word foreplay because it's kind of like leaning into this idea that there's a main event. Um, right. And so we use the term core play because we think it should be the majority of the sexual experience, especially because, you know, maybe one out of four women can experience um, orgasm from penetration alone. So, yeah, we like to use the word core play because, because, there, yeah, because there is no warming up. Period. Yeah. So that's what I was asking. The whole like, thing so is- leading to what? You know, like I feel like sensual massage can be the whole experience. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to like amount to penetration or or even like driving towards orgasm. Well, that's what you negotiate or talk about or decide upon as a 
as a couple mm-hmm. beforehand in my world. I'd rather have things be clear than go down the mystery uh, romance path where I don't know what's going to happen next. Well, it's a little, it's a little iffy in, in my philosophy. I'd rather things, I'd rather walk up to a woman uh, that, you know, we're getting, uh, that we've had a long combo at the bar and say exactly what I want to do then get vague and then leave her wondering, you know, having questions or me having questions on her side. That's my, that's my Kung Fu. I like direct communication. I experienced that once and I thought it was really forward, but it actually turned out to be, um, a core part of our sexual relationship. And it was in the very beginning before we even got into bed. And he very directly asked me, um, specifically about fantasies and turn-ons and that sort of you know sexual breaking point, and I was like, wow, I was almost a little bit uncomfortable, and then I had to dig a little deeper and try to figure it out, and and it was a great um, conversation and you know exploration conversation, and it was really helpful to know both sides. Yep. I thought that was it was a, a one time only that I've I've experienced. Did that you with feel a man. comfortable enough to express what you what your intentions were and what you needed to feel safe? And I, where you wanted it to go? I felt comfortable, but I was also in a phase I was still discovering those things, and I also um, didn't want to really dictate where it was going. So I had a lot of different thoughts during the conversation. Well, if I say like this is my thing, is he going to think that's my go-to thing and that's what I want right now? Mm-hmm. That's where it's always so risky, right? And 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 a bit totally. complicated. And I think that's why a lot of women hold back is because they want to feel safe, they want to feel reassured mm-hmm. and secure before they like go in there with like their full body, you know, and yeah. they want and their full fantasies. Yeah, which... and you have to also acknowledge that most women have a degree or a level of sexual trauma that they're healing from. And so the going slowly and knowing how someone's going to show up for mm-hmm. you for you and hold space for you sexually is really important. So I think waiting to to explore sexually well, is, and, it can be really healing and needed mm-hmm. and, and necessary. A, and that's the thing with, with safety. We talk about safety, and I think we're talking about sexual safety, but... From from a woman's point of view, Eric, you know, walking up to a stranger at a bar and talking about, you know, what you would like to do with them sexually, like that's all great and good and everything. But the fact of the matter remains that men or are typically bigger and more powerful physically than women, and that can be a very scary thing. So as far as safety with our physical bodies and whether or not they can, are they going to be nice to us? Are they going to you know take us somewhere we don't want to go? I mean, that's a real thing. Rape is a real thing. So, yeah, and worse. What's that? And worse is a real thing. Exactly, and mm-hmm. worse. And so that's why from a, you know, a woman's point of view, we're so vulnerable and, and, um, you know, and those type of actual you know, basic safety needs as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, what I was just thinking, you know, as this, we're talking about that s- this specific topic, something that's so fascinating is that in our society, we want an element of certainty, yet we also want spontaneity so it's like mm-hmm. we want it's so many different things as a woman you know as a man you know in our in our sexual encounters it's like you know we want freedom yet we want commitment we want certainty we want it's like a it's such a 
double-edged sword mm-hmm. and trying to define it's like it. a drug that's why communication is so so super important i'm curious about how you help people and couples develop their relationship skills um and you know i also read in, you know in your bio you're helping them develop breathtaking sexual techniques how do you do that like can you give some of our audience some tips or um something that they can experiment with yeah um the first thing i tell people is if you're well i whether you, even if you're a single, an individual who's you know going to be doing things with someone you meet, you know that's new, uh, you got to be on the same team, and that means it, you're going to be able to create more elaborate sexual dishes if the two of you are both on board doing things than just one. And I know I'm, I'm not saying that you always have to do it this way. Because the, you know, the man, the traditional man taking over, doing all the stuff, uh, that's that's fine. I don't have any problem with that at all. But uh, it is in, undeniable that if she has a part of pleasuring herself while she's the primary recipient of the pleasure, then things can get a lot more uh, like an orchestra of pleasure instead of just a solo instrument. Mm-hmm. Great analogies. Uh, right. Where you can create pleasures when you combine pleasure sources uh, that blend together in your mind and physiology that by themselves, they just won't be. So mm-hmm. I say to people, if you take some time to develop some skill sets, like learning how to massage a G-spot from zero to 100, you know, like how does it go through changes, what, uh, all the little knickknacks and details, to, to learn that. What are the knickknacks and details for clitoral stimulation? How does somebody learn how to do that and how to perfect their skill set sexually? Well, I teach like it's, uh, sometimes with toys or with my hands. Like I'll just kind of, you know, bring little, uh, raise my hand up and show different physical, you know, the different techniques. But I'll take them from, you know, step one mm-hmm. to to the end hmm. uh, and we can stop along the way and go into more details about each piece so it's very much like getting a uh, like a yoga lesson mm-hmm. or uh, swing a golf club the right way there's very specific ways like in massage you know the, people say like well you don't need that for sex like oh yes you do because if you ever had a really good massage there's a reason why that person doing the massage to you makes it feel so good because they know what they're doing based on skill sets they were taught Hmm. That's a learned skill. Yeah, I feel like the biggest skills, like the the greatest skill you can learn, particularly as a woman, is how to occupy your own body and notice your own pleasure. So the more that you can explore your body and be submersed in your own pleasure and be able to give that to yourself, the more that you can then express that and be in that with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. There's a you know that's that's a big step. It's almost like sort of like a mental internal step. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one of the things I uh, have taught clients who there's women who have a such a strong habit pattern towards serving the male that sh- he'll start doing something and she'll flip him over and then start doing something back to him. And he'll go, wait, 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 wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And, I was uh, just going to ask you that in relation to um, female pleasing 
um, their partner, you know, be it female, female, or female, male, two totally different conversations. But are you able to share any experiences just for our audience? Like, you know, when you talk about a man really understanding all the parts and levels and waves of the G-spot, you know, a woman's like, wow, okay, I want to experience that. But is there anything in particular as a man on the receiving end um, that made you feel like, wow, this woman is really experienced or she's mastered the skill set or she's very... Um, you know, educated with the male anatomy. I'm, I'm just curious. It's easy oh, to yeah. talk about the female anatomy, but I think fewer women are really committed to giving pleasure and really understanding the male body, like all of it from, you know, the penis to the prostate to like the whole thing. You know, if we're going to talk right. about it, let's, let's like dive into it. Right. So, but just like I, you know, sort of vaulted off of like when I was a, uh, way back, I always had a strong erotic interest in doing wonderful things for real, not just in, you know, for pretend or what I think is real or making it all up for myself, like so many men do. Um, real stuff, you know, to, to her, uh, up to that creating that orgasm or being a part of the creation of that orgasm if we're both doing things. And uh, the women that I've met who were that good with men had the same thing. They had a very strong uh, erotic attachment to doing things to him to make him, you know, see colored lights and, you know, that sort of thing. So that's a big one. There, there's a lot of men out there who don't have that or don't have much of it. It's, they're more self-based. Uh, I wouldn't say self-centered. I guess you could say that, but self-based. And that's their only perspective. And so I've worked with clients saying, well, how do we open that up in your mind? How do we do a different dance? There's nothing wrong with that dance. You can be the like roar alpha male. I shall, you know, gobble thee up. And that's in the proper context, wonderful and good. But how about we have another dish we can do? And would you, th- would you agree that every single sexual experiment, experience with different partners is a relearning of how to make uh, I, love to someone, of how to explore someone's body, an absolute relearning with a new individual. Oh yeah. Because no matter how good I am, I will. Oh, there's always going to be idiosyncrasies and differences with that person's neurology and uh, what they find erotic. And that's why I keep telling people they have a hard time believing me until they experience it. I keep telling them if you're with someone long enough and you're working on your on uh, strengthening your sexual skill sets um, long enough, then you're got, the sex is going to get better. The sex I have with my wife now, and we've been together for 10 years, is better than it was the first five to seven years. Amazing. And I yeah. And I say to her, I'm more attracted to you now than I was back then because you can do more stuff to me and, and with us. Is that because you both of you continue to develop the skill or you change with each other? I mean, when we think about seven to ten years, which is a big question that we are often asked, how do you keep it alive? How do you keep it you know, erotic in a long-term relationship? So are you both committed to peak um, pleasure or how are you able to do that ten, ten years in? Well, because, well, first of all, I think if you have a time, this is sort of not, this is like a, a tangent, but I, I feel like I have to say it. I think it's important if you're going to be with somebody long term that you, if you have a physical type, get it. Because it really makes your brain, it keeps your brain engaged on a visceral level, uh, in my opinion. But so as far as, well, once that's covered, 
uh, yeah, when you continue to invest in each other's pleasure and say like, oh, wow, like it just occurred to me during that, like let's say sex is over with and you're pillow talking. Um, you say like, yeah, like I did this new thing like, and I saw that you went crazy for it and it just occurred to me out of nowhere. And, you know, and, and your girl, girlfriend or your husband is like, yeah, like that, that's so amazing. And it just stuff will come out of the out of the ether, you know, from the creativity of it. And now you have something you had no idea, you know, that you could throw in for the past two or three or four years. And now it's here. So that is wonderful and can happen through a long term relationship where you have the same like playing the same instrument. And all of a sudden there's a new note. Or if you're working on, let's say, like I've said before, like G-spot develop or G-spot pleasure, you know, she can enjoy it to a certain extent. And then a year later, it changes and now it's more powerful. But you're not going to get there unless you put that other time in before. I really feel like that element of just discovering your partner as they are that day and what you're bringing to the table that day is probably the key to being an amazing mm -hmm. lover mm -hmm. is meeting your partner where they're at, meeting your own body where it's mm -hmm. at that day and seeing what, what optimally wants to unfold. So yes. yeah. having that element of discovery and curiosity and playfulness is the thing that is going to keep it alive for the years to come, 10 years, 20 years in is still being curious about your your partner and your own body yeah i agree with that and even the ability to dial inside and to tap in and really understand what's going on and accept changes and have the confidence to explore different needs and moments um but yeah all true well that's yeah. well thank you so great thank stuff. you so much eric it's been so interesting to to get um your perspective especially from another sex life coach we have leela on the and show a male and one. what's that <laughs> and a male, and a male one, one. The, uh, yes, a male one. Yes, thank you so much. Um, and we appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank Thanks, you. Eric. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gosh, so many things came up for me during oh. that conversation. I, ha- I have to go back in a funny way. I didn't, I didn't want to make light of what he was saying. So I want to just briefly touch on pheromones because it, I don't think he's going to mind me saying this, but the relationship that I'm in right now, I'm always teasing my boyfriend about his scent and his smell. And we have like in this thing. Way? No. Oh, well, we have this thing with each other that's so personal and mm-hmm. so intimate. But I... Like quite literally, like I can, I smell him. Like I, I miss his mm-hmm. smell when I'm not with him. Like I, I could wear like his dirty shirt and just enjoy mm-hmm. his scent. But even at night, like I always tease him. <laughs> I tell him that he smells like coconuts, Aww, but he does. Good. He does smell like coconuts, but it's like a, a a and it's not cologne and it's not the deodorant. It's even the natural scent. Mm-hmm. And he says the same thing to me. And I do think that that's so 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 important. And you can love someone's Huge. fragrance. That's an add on. But their actual body chemistry, I it's mean, I think those, hell. I think it's primal and it goes Damn. way, way, way back into the animal kingdom. And I, and I was thinking of one thing because my mom used to say this to me all the time where Eric was saying how if you like their smell or you don't like their smell. But I f- sort of feel like that's a, a seasonal thing that changes. Like my, I, my mom used to say to me when a relationship was going bad, she used to always ask me, baby, she'd say, how does he smell? And I used yeah. to be like, and really? I'm telling you, I would turn Absolutely. on him. Wow. I would not be able to stomach no way. the fragrance of him. I, I, and it's not just one time. Like I'm going to have to smell. No, stuff. seriously, like several times. And not like, not always, but I think it that happens. what turns wow. us on and what we respond fascinating. to. Fascinating. We're all animals. Mm-hmm. What we respond to from a primal point of view mm-hmm is so effective and it changes. What do you think? Yeah, I I just want to interject here another little piece of information that, you know, pheromones is basically like your hormones interacting and you, you know, you experiencing the other person through one sense. But that can change depending on your hormones. So if you are interrupting your hormones, Mm. if you're taking synthetic hormones, if you Mm. are on the pill, Mm. it's being documented. Or what you're giving off. Both, okay. but wow. it's been documented that women who are on the pill, who are who perceive their partner um, 
through their scent in a particular way when they go off the pill they can smell their partner completely differently Mm. and so and they've had like yeah there's a lot of stories where people have gone on and off the pill and had completely different responses to their partner who they are in love with but then like good think, and bad good and bad think about the good power. and bad wow. think about the power of it like if you ever had somebody walk by and you get a whiff yes. of something and that sense memory takes yes. you back to a sexy moment in time you're like <gasps> or any moment in time just in general just yeah. sense in general like my grandma's you know co- chocolate chip cookies yeah. you know anything they're so um and so interesting what he was saying about a sensual experience first i mean that is so like Mm-hmm. That would be so wrong for many people so and, wrong. and, and, um, you know, right for others. But I, 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 and this is the thing I, with sets coaching though, you, this is like an interactive experience. So mm-hmm. he, there isn't like a, a one shot. There isn't a one way. There is no formula. It's particularly with sets coaching, which is what I love about it is that you're interacting with your, with your client and so it, there's a feedback loop. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're not just prescribing I mean, something or something that you've learned from a book. It's like, okay, how can we make this the best ever? Where are you at? Where do you want to go? And like, so yeah. that's maybe one. Th- we didn't really ask him about his clientele and who he's coaching. Maybe that's who. I, I, think, we, most, I think I could guess c- kind of who his clientele is um, just from talking to him. I'm so glad that we have you with us, Leela. I think that um, women in general and. You, you connect with women in general and um I I mean I think out of the three of us I'm probably the least comfortable with some of the conversations that we're having and um that was you liked the boob sex thing did I mean I will talk about it's it but I'm faces. not gonna do that and I just doesn't that read very I, vulgar like I'd I like mean, to yes and but he's a I don't know I I I was a little bit uncomfortable. Well, there was a male perspective of sexual play. Megan, I agree with you. Let's withhold from sex, but I'll take the pearl necklace, please. Like, I mean, that yeah. for me seems very like vulgar and way down the road. And I, mean, I, I don't and even also, know that like, I, 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 I. The thing yeah. is, like, I wish the label of sex wasn't there because right. if this was you just cuddling, we just said cuddling and holding each other. You would be perceiving someone's pheromones. You'd be taking that mm-hmm. in. You'd feel their touch. You'd and all of that. And so, same with the massage. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So wait a minute. Let's, Doesn't have let's, to be a warm up. Could be let's, the real thing. The whole thing. Let's just spend a moment on this. In our minds, well, I'll speak personally. When he was talking about sex with the boobs, I went to a very dirty, vulgar place. With the I end d- result being the pearl necklace. I didn't imagine, which is quite honestly, he might have meant get into bed and have an intimate moment and cuddle and get the oil out and caress each other's body attention on the breasts. I mean, maybe he meant that and maybe our minds, this is why, this is why language is so fascinating to me and why the different perspectives of all, but the girls are shaking their head. They're no. like, no, Brooke, oh, you're first. No, no, he's right. No, but that's right. why the different perspectives of talking about this is and so fascinating have- on this podcast because we, we yeah. all have different needs and different ideas and different definitions that society has put upon us that, that, that is the gauge of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. It's, it's so interesting. Also, you know where my head was going during that? I was trying to think, are my boobs big enough for that? <laughs> and, and also, like, what kind, well, if they're not, what kind of position could I get into so that we can make it work? And then there was, like, this comedy of errors happening in my brain. I I and I feel like it's, like, the X-rated version of a Seinfeld episode or something. I and it. I just don't, I don't I, know. I wish it's everybody funny. could have seen this episode yeah. because our face is, like, having a fully female male curated like project here and all women in, in this living uh, room were all like oh wait you're what? about to fall out of your chair i, I think i did, silent I, laughing I, I had to step away yeah. from the mic with when my was laughter. the last time you had boob sex 
Um, I, I not really interested in that. And have I, you ever I, I done it? Rem- well, I'm sure I've, I've done heard of it. armpit sex. I think too. I, yeah. Face I've, sex. I've, I've heard mean, of armpit sex, which I'm also like, like I'm trying to visualize. Like, that's it's like one of those that. novel things that you just do because you're just trying it out. But it was just, like very early on in my like exploration. Sex? Yeah. It, it seems pretty adolescent. It sounds very porno ish. Yeah. Wait, one thing he said though, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm I want to, I want to just. He quoted, and I really did like this. This really resonated with me. To invest in pleasure is what's totally. really going to get you to where you want to be in a peak experience with someone, whatever that means. So if we can invest in that personally and in our relationship, I think that's when discovery starts and, and you know, pleasure will, will deepen. He also yeah. said cook up elaborate sexual dishes. I loved that because I think that's that's um, just a cool way of thinking about, I like that. Um, yeah, right? Like how we can um, each what? put in a little bit of our own spice and figure out, you know, Not the, just ar- the art of making right. yeah. the like art of making a dish. Kind of thing. Well, if anybody wants to know more about Eric Amaranth, you can find out more at thesexlifecoach.com. And he's also working on prototypes for a pair of sex toys for men and women that are designed to be used individually or simultaneously. And so we're starting to hear more and more about that. In fact, Doc Johnson, when they were on, were speaking about some of their most popular sex toys that were meant to be used simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So that's all cool. So thesexlifecoach.com, it's all there for you. All right, ladies, that was so much fun. Very informative. (laughs) And um, so that's it for us today. But we would really, really love to hear all your questions um, and curiosities. So email us at ik at iheartradio.com and follow us on intimate knowledge podcast on um, instagram we really want to stay connected so hope we hear from you soon and we'll be back next week subscribe to intimate knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.